0: Hello, you're watching More Than a Noodle, a Thai Diaspora Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Lee. And in today's episode of More Than a Noodle, we're sitting down with Jerry Rayburn. He's one of the co-founders of Thai Americans for Joe Biden, and it's pretty interesting how I met him. So I got an Instagram DM from a man named Matt Mermack, who I'll actually be sitting down with. Next, in next episode and he introduced me to Jerry and so as I talked to Jerry, I found out that yeah he is the co-founder for Thai Americans for Joe Biden and he has a pretty interesting story about how he got involved with politics and why he believes that Joe Biden is not just kind of a politician that we should settle for which honestly sometimes I feel like I'm just settling for him. But he actually shares with us why we should, as Thai Americans, be actively supporting Joe Biden. I also want to say that, yeah, I'm not in any way speaking for all Thai Americans, and I don't think he is either. This is just kind of our perspectives of how we believe that uh, this president might be able to maybe help out the Thai American community a little bit here in the US. Also, it might be important to note, That he is located in California, which is, of course, a little bit different from the rest of the U.S. So, yeah, please keep that in mind. That even though here in More Than a Noodle, we want to hear from all voices and all perspectives. For this particular podcast episode, we'll be talking more so like the Democratic ideas and perspective, especially with the coming election. Yeah, so without further ado here's the conversation I had with Jerry about him growing up in California and also his role with civic engagement in the Thai American community. Hi, Jerry. Thank you so much for coming on to More Than a Noodle.
1: Uh, You're welcome. My pleasure.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are
1: and what you do? Well, I am a um, community... College student. Um, I'm actually attending uh, Golden West College in Orange County. I am a Thai American. I was born in Bangkok. I came to the to the United States when I was eight years old. Um, my mother's from uh, Thailand, and my dad's actually he was actually born in Mississippi during uh, this uh, in the '60s before. Um, this segregation uh, came through. Wow, Oh,
0: thanks. And you're also involved with uh, Thai Americans for Biden, right?
1: Yes, that is correct. I I started Thai Americans for Biden uh, in August. I was, um, wanted to mobilize Thai Americans uh, because I I knew how important this election was uh, for the Asian American community. Um, and I wanted to try to basically uh, mobilize and try to encourage uh, underrepresented Asian groups to get out the vote, to be more politically active, to uh, participate in this election. Because there, it's so, this election is very consequential. There is, there's so many issues at stake and if we don't vote, we don't have a seat at the table and we need to show up at the polls and we need to do as much as we can uh, virtually you know of course we can't go outside but we have to do as much as we can from where we are to try to help biden become the next president of the united states Mm, okay cool
0: before we jump into more about uh thai americans for biden and like civic engagement and voting and stuff uh this is a question that i like to ask all of my guests to more than a noodle other than pad thai what's your favorite thai food
1: well, I would say uh, good deal, which is boat noodles. So I, I love the beef broth, like the, the chili paste mixing with the garlic and, uh, and the um, lemongrass and just the fish sauce and with the beef broth all mixed together, it just tastes so delicious.
0: Yes, oh my gosh, yeah, it's so good. I haven't had it in such a long time. Like, I, because for me, at least, that's not one of the Thai foods I usually think about. So when you, when I saw that this is one of your favorite foods, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Goytiao. I I really love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, very delicious. One of the sure. best
0: bites I ever had. hmm yes. Yeah. Are there places where you can get it in California?
1: Yes. Well, uh, Los Angeles actually has the biggest Thai population outside of Thailand, and I go to Thai town every weekend, every sunday and monday i always go to thai town to my favorite uh thai town restaurant and order you know a variety of different foods like so one one sunday i might have like good um and another next weekend i might have like sticky rice with um beef skewers or pork skewers uh or i might have like pad thai so the you know Thai town is like my community, and um, I wasn't as much as involved in the community. Like I was going as I was growing up. Like in, in high school, we I, my family kind of stopped being involved. Um, and then like after high school, like as I got into my twenties and um, you know went through college, I started to be more involved. So and started to reconnect basically because i Mm -hmm. i wanted to try to maintain a sense of my mother's cultural heritage and i and i didn't really do that much in high school or, or even in college it was just recently because of a of a health experience of a health issue with my mother that made me want to try to reconnect with the thai community
0: gotcha wow that's i didn't know that Um, L.A. had the largest population of Thai-Americans outside of Thailand. That's really cool, and wow, so you were kind of, like, surrounded by other Thai people growing up for the majority of your life then, huh?
1: Well, no, not really, because we lived in Orange County, which was a a very white suburb. Um, So, the majority of, like, Asian-Americans, Thai-Americans lived in, like, Los Angeles County. Uh, my mother's Thai, but like, every weekend we always go to the Thai temple. So like none of our neighbors in Orange County were Thai, or, and there be so so little Asians in Orange County. So we always would go to LA, you know, to be among the Thai community, go to the Thai temple, and you know, um, eat there, and that's what we did. But we kind of stopped doing that like, when I was in high school, and I didn't. It was just until my late. 20s that i started basically being more involved
0: Mm -hmm. gotcha that's that's really cool yeah like i said i've like i've shared with other people on this show for me not having any like thai town near me growing up it's really cool hearing the experiences of people like you who had um the access to like a thai town yeah Um, anyway so you said that you kind of got you kind of stopped being as Going to Thai Town during like high school, and then later on during college, you got um, involved again. And so now uh, with Thai Americans for Biden, I'm assuming that you're even more involved with the Thai Town in Los
1: Angeles. Can you tell me more about that? Uh, Yes. Well, I am trying to think of a way or develop a some kind of um, strategy, I guess, of trying to do outreach to the Thai American community. Uh, The Thai American community is not very politically involved uh i guess i mean a- along with other asians as well i think i would say maybe the the Lao americans or the cambodian americans uh, or maybe the whole a- api um group is not as politically involved as they used to be mm. uh, but that's changing obviously and i want to change change it for Thai americans so i mean there's not much there's not a lot of resources for civic engagement uh so as uh, like how to encourage there's not there's not much information out there to encourage Thai Americans to be polygonal basically some kind of educational materials as as you would say to provide to them of how they can you know be more politically active there's no literature or pamphlets or um, books that can help Time Americans to be more civilly engaged in in the community, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to find information and basically develop my own set of um, pamphlets or or, or, info, or a a guideline to encourage time um to be more politically active so I was i may I'm, I'm thinking of probably trying to go to individual businesses to talk to the business owners to see to talk, talk to them about this election. Because many, many Thai uh, Americans own bi- small businesses in the food industry but like they may, may be a restaurant owner. And now I want to try and engage them that way and see what their thoughts of like this election, if they're planning on voting, and if they can be registered to vote or not.
0: So would you say that right now, at least, Thai Americans for Biden is pretty local then to Southern
1: California? i not sure. I don't think so. I mean, we, there are all the other Thai Americans across the United States, obviously. I mean, Los Angeles is the biggest uh, population for Thai Americans. Mm. Uh, but we, me and another culture, are trying to figure out how we can out, do outreach across the country. Uh, to tie margans in different states especially the swing states such as uh, texas georgia virginia ohio even wisconsin colorado um but we so we wanted so we're thinking of maybe collaborating with other groups to do outreach as well Um, but most of the organizing i guess that we're doing is Digital. So we're doing mm. using social media, trying to amplify our message on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and basically having meetings with the Biden campaign, and and then reaching out to Thai media like the Thai newspaper. Mm. So I've been in contact with the Thai media, asking them if we could, if they could like uh, publicize our group, um, basically do a news story with us as well and publish our events. And if we could maybe publish an op-ed or an opinion opinion piece in the newspaper or the the online publication as well. Because many Thai Americans do read Thai newspapers that are published in the United States. And maybe that's a strategy that we can use to try to uh, make them aware of this election and talk to them about why Biden might be the best fit for Thai Americans. Mm.
0: I love that. Yeah. So it seems like you're both um, going up to people one on one, talking with them, but you're also kind of like approaching it from like a top down approach to like media, social media. That's really cool that you're able to do this. And yeah, I totally agree with you that we we should be voting. Um, If we want to have a voice, we need to vote. Um, And we need to encourage our community to vote too. Yeah. Oftentimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, normally, I mean, grassroots uh, organizing is important. We do want to try to build up. Mm-hmm. from the bottom up but during the pandemic it's kind of difficult to go sure. outside and talk to neighbors and knock knock on doors so we wanted to try to do it i mean as far well as thai americans we want to figure out a different way of trying to do outreach so we're trying to obviously reach the media media companies but besides that from as a separate from the Biden campaign i mean thai americans that's what well i thought of and what my coach may my other culture may have also thought of mm-hmm. you know, we, the I guess reaching out to the businesses which are in Thai town is important and going also t- directly to the Thai temple if we if we can and talk to the voters talk to uh, talk to the Thai members and the Thai temple and see if they are aware that there's an election coming up and if they're ready mm-hmm. to vote and if we can talk to them about Biden's platform and no, so we, we are trying to basically develop a way to educate the Taiwan community. We are not quite there. I mean, we it's basically about 28 days until the election. So we yeah. do have some plenty of time, but not much time.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. Lots to do still, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so one question that I hear from my friends and to some extent I also feel is that even though we plan on voting for Biden, because he's not trump we also kind of feel like we're just settling you know uh he isn't for some of us he's not the ideal candidate so in your opinion uh or from your like perspective what should tie why should Thai americans actually support biden as opposed to just settling for him
1: well first of all i would like to say that it's not ever about the candidate when it comes to every election whether it's midterm or a presidential election—it's always about the issues. The candidate may not be perfect, you know. He may not uh, be compatible, or be with a particular generation. You know, I know that younger Asian Americans do not connect with Biden, um, and that's fine. Guess, but don't—it's not about personality. It should never be about that. It should be about the issues biden's plan biden's plans for american americans are better than trump obviously i mean you can't deny that i mean look at the plans look at the issues vote on the issues do not do not vote on who you're voting but don't don't think about the candidate think about the issues obviously some can some candidates may have better issues and you're going to be voting for the candidate, you know, his name will will appear on the ballot box. Mm. But in the end, it's always what's behind the candidate are the issues. Mm. Uh, and I am enthusiastic about Joe Biden because he has the best plans. Uh, Biden is also a matter of empathy. You can't deny the difference between Trump and Biden when it comes to empathy, consoling Americans you know, being the understanding what loss is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he may not know what um, TikTok is. He may not understand how to use Instagram, but that's irrelevant. Sure. The issues are important. Look at the issues. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I like that. Yeah, focusing on the platform, the issues versus the personality or even like the generation or age of the candidate. Yeah, that's pretty important too. Um, speaking of platform, since you are part of Thai Americans for Biden, can you maybe highlight a few things that are part of Joe Biden's platform that are helpful for Asian Americans or specifically Thai Americans?
1: Yes, I mean, um, there's a lot of, uh, issues, um, that, um, Biden has for Thai Americans. He has a plan, he actually has a website specifically for Asian Americans, the website is called A A P I S A A P I S F O R J O E So it's A A A P I S for Joe uh, And you can go on there and take a look at all the the details of the his plans. Uh, the three plans. The three. Uh, I'll highlight three of them because there's obviously quite a, a lot. Um, for sure. So, the three um, plans that I believe are important is that he is going to counter the lies and hate crimes against Asian Americans that Trump has perpetuated. He is going to um, basically strengthen the right uh, to vote. And he is going to um, help uh, protect uh, the healthcare. Uh, needs of Asian Americans. Now, I'll do a fourth one. Is also housing. So hate hate crimes, uh, the right to vote, healthcare, and uh, housing are the, are the top four uh, issues. As, 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 at least for me, that I think are important. Because um, obviously, we need to end this racism against Asian Americans. You know, we know Trump has called Asian Americans go to Asian Americans calling. We're uh, referring to the coronavirus, the COVID nineteen pandemic as uh the Kung Flu, the Chinese virus, and that's just not nice. No, it it literally is not nice. It's racism, it's dog whistling. Um and obviously healthcare is a big issue for me personally. I my mother uh, relies on Medicaid. You no, know, my mother came to this country um a better dream for for the american dream and that dream was not realized she got so sick in 2016 that if it it wasn't for medicaid she would either have been dead or financially devastated or both no she would have been stuck with uh, a huge bill um so health care for asian americans are important um biden has a plan um, to allow Asian Americans to opt in to Medicaid. Um, I'm sorry, Medicare. Um, so it's Medicare for all, for those who want it. It's a public option. Um, so it's going to be a public option that competes with private insurance. And I mean, that's a great option, a great plan for Asian Americans, because my mother, if my mother never had the option, she, like I said, she would be dead or financially devastated. Um, so, it's important that we protect the health care of Asian Americans. It's so important. Um, and housing, obviously, I mean, uh, we all know about the redlining mm-hmm. in Black communities, but that redlining also affects Asian Americans. Yeah. And as president, Joe Biden will invest about $600 billion over 10 years so that everyone in the Asian American the Pacific Islander community has access to housing that's affordable, stable, safe, and healthy, accessible um and we locate their good schools. You now we need to end the the, the racist housing policy has been perpetuated for the last 30 years um, and he's going to strengthen the right to vote but by, uh, by making by allowing linguistically appropriate um, literature or documents to those who may not be proficient in English. You now he wants to strengthen that right so Asian Americans can who, who are not, who don't speak English as proficiently as maybe the children do, can also work. So we do want our parents to work, but mm-hmm. like our parents need appropriate language accessibility.
0: Yeah, thanks for that summary. I, I love that. Yeah, that's super important, right? Like healthcare and <laughs> actually calling uh, racist acts, hate crimes, and also condemning them and giving people who might not, who might be. Um, limited English proficient, the ability to vote. That's super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for highlighting those. I was also taking a look through the website and something that I really appreciated was also how not only is he uh, going to be promoting and advocating for um, like voting literature to be translated into other Asian American and Pacific Islander languages or Asian languages and Pacific Islander languages. He'll also be doing that across the board too, it seems like. Um, And something that really spoke to me was how He'll also be uh, promoting education specifically for Asian American and Pacific Islanders as well. As I look through the website, it seems like he'll, he'll, he'll be doing that for both kindergarten and also like sec- uh, secondary, edu- sorry, like tertiary education as well. So, yeah, I yeah. really love that. It seems like um, for me, before looking at this website, I didn't know that uh, Biden had a platform that spoke specifically to Asian Americans. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing this with me. And I'm sure that the audience would also benefit a lot from this website. Can you repeat the address for this website again?
1: Yes, I can. It's dot com. So it's A-A-P-I-S for com.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So as you were talking about this, it seemed like some of these policies, they relate directly to you and your family. Is this how you got involved with politics? I also think you mentioned that, or have told me that you are studying political science right now. What kind of sparked your interest into uh, public service and political science?
1: Well, I I guess I always, I always have found political science to be fascinating as a as as a subject, as a topic to to learn about. Um, But it wasn't really until my mother's health, unfortunate health uh, illness that left her disabled that made me, um, that empowered me, that made me more motivated to get involved because uh, no one knows really the needs of Asian American communities and especially the needs of Southeast Asian communities. I mean, um I want people to see us, to recognize us, to know that we have needs. We're not the model minority. Um, you know, and I think it's important in a democracy that we participate. In. I, you know, we all everybody's busy, you know, some of us may have families or kids, some of us are in college or school, some of us may just basically basically be working full-time or have two jobs. And we still need to participate, and I think in a democracy uh, regardless whether or not you find political science interesting or not, you know you need to nurture democracy. it's like a garden, and if you don't water the plants um the garden dies just as if you don't vote, if you don't participate, democracy dies
0: yeah i I love that analogy too democracy being like a garden, that's really, that's really deep. And that's so true. Uh, I also appreciate how it seems like there was a passion for giving a voice to those who aren't often heard, like you said, the Thai American community and like the Southeast Asian American community. That's kind of why I created this podcast as well, to like give a voice to Thai Americans in the Thai diaspora. So we can both counter the idea of the model minority myth, but also just kind of like the pigeonholing that is done to the Thai American community uh, by non Thai people. Yeah, so you mentioned Southeast Asian American community like issues and also like the Thai American community. Can you specifically share with us some of the issues that you've seen that Thai Americans have to encounter?
1: Well, I think economic uh, and insecurity right now, um that's a big thing. Many uh Thai Americans, um Thai American immigrants who come to who came to this country um oh and who worked in the in the restaurant business, in the food service industry as 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 waiters and waitresses or as cooks or chef, chefs uh, are suffering. Um many Thai businesses have either um, shut down uh temporarily or even permanently, or they in some of and as a result, some of, of them had to reduce staff. So many Thai Americans. Probably lost their jobs during this pandemic, and because of limited English proficiency, you know they may not be able to find another job that is that's besides um, the restaurant industry and, or besides low skill work, basically. So uh, I think economic insecurity is a big thing. Uh, obviously, housing, um, and when we talk about housing specifically, I do want to emphasize the issue of substandard housing and what that means is just like it's inadequate housing it's some it's something that's missing in the house either you know you could you could consider people who are couch surfing or to be living in the vehicles as experiencing substandard housing or if you have roommates if you can't really afford to live on your own or even if you live in a house where you only have a microwave or a refrigerator but you don't have a kitchen let's say that you're renting a room the landlord doesn't allow you to use the kitchen so they give you a microwave or a refrigerator and that's how you eat now that could be considered stuff stuff housing or even people don't have access to laundry machines and they go out to laundry mats that's substandard standard housing um you know so that's something to that needs to be uh, recognized as an issue because homelessness is a big thing but i think there are a lot of people that are living with roommates or even i know a, a friend of mine he once was living in the house with 20 people and there was like five or six people in a room and because many young asian americans may not be able to afford a house or an apartment in Southern California. So it's crowded in the house. And uh, this is an issue that Biden needs to tackle is the income, the wealth inequality of housing. Um, so that is issues about housing, economic insecurity. Economic insecurity can also mean job insecurity. And I guess also, um uh, I would say the third one that's biggest for Thai Americans is basically language language, language accessibility. So obviously um, access to like interpreters for uh, uh, at the hospital or interpreters doing like uh, a judicial hearing or so if they have to see a judge, there needs to be some kind of interpreter for, interpreter, uh, for them. Um, so in healthcare obviously so but all of these those issues that i'm talking about it's under the umbrella of income and wealth inequality so all those issues tied to the economic disparities of just not just thai americans but asian americans in general
0: yeah yeah no housing is so important but i've actually can you repeat that with the word you used? You said substandard housing. Is that the term yeah, you used?
1: Substandard housing. Yes. But say people who are not homeless, mm-hmm. they have a place to live. They're either living in the in the vehicles, in the vans, or in the in the house, but either couch surfing or they have like, you know, more than enough roommates, like 10 roommates, or they're sharing like the six people in the room, oh. sharing a bed sharing a room together. Or oh, or either they have they rent a room or the room is the landlord doesn't allow you to use the kitchen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a either they have a microwave. So I I think this is a problem with from a public policy point. Like, how do you define house? What does it mean to be house? Yeah. What does it mean to put somebody into a house? Does that mean there is a kitchen? Does that mean there is the bed? provided, what does it mean to be housed overall? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, those are really good questions. That's definitely an important definition to tackle too from a policy perspective too. Yeah, this is really helpful for me personally because back in Washington DC, I worked with Asian American organizations uh, or organizations that work with asian americans both in the government but also uh nonprofits. and one thing that we noticed in the data is we know that there are asian americans specifically southeast asian americans who are in housing situations that aren't ideal but then if you look at like census data and stuff it still counts them as having a house and not homeless but now with this term that you're using of substandard housing um that's so important because that if we look at that that definitely looks at the nuances of like hey like someone they might have a roof over their head but they may not have access to like running water or it might be like you said right like 20 people in one house or they might not have access to be able to cook food that's so important and that's a nuance that yeah generally gets overlooked so thank you for bringing that to my attention and for i think a lot of other people's attention as well you're welcome yeah, so as you we were kind of preparing for this conversation, you shared with me how, yeah, you actually were interviewed by NPR recently, and you talked about how you have personally been uh, impacted recently by, um, I think COVID-19, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, well, uh, in 2019, I was working Postmates. So I was a 1099 uh, Postmates um, delivery dr- uh, driver, you know, basically it's a gig. I don't get paid hourly, uh, and I had to be out there, and you know, I would get on my get up early, uh, drive to like the most busiest area in Orange County, where there's lots of like um odors coming in, like in Irvine, or, so Irvine is like a big area for Postmates, and I would turn on my I would p- park my vehicle. Turn on the app and wait for me to get a notification to pick up a, a delivery. But sometimes I would just be sitting in my car. After I turn on my app, I would be waiting either 10 minutes sometimes or even 45 minutes for my first notification, my first order. And I, that's basically my, my job, it's like a private business. So you work when you want to. And I would be working 10 to 12 hour days only to make less than the minimum wage at times. Um, and it's another day I might make, be making 16 hours. I mean, I may, I may be working 16 hours. So, I mean, and I'm usually working six or seven days a week because I want to, at the end, like when Sunday comes, I want to be able to make at least the minimum wage. Um, and some weeks are terrible, some weeks are better. But in October, I got a job with this company. So I, I was no longer doing postmates. post was an, I was an employee at this mortgage company. So I was happy. I was thrilled. I got a job. I was making about 17 bucks an hour. Six months later, I was laid off. So I, I was like, go. Because the pandemic reduced the volume of business. So there was no job for me to do. There was no work for me to do. So I was like, go. And then I was in the same situation again uh, on, on, on unemployment. Um, and I was going to school, and then my school totally uh, shut down because they, they, everybody had to go do online. So we could no longer come to campus. And so I had to drop a class because I couldn't do it online. I had to do it in person. It was too difficult to do it online. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate. And since being laid off in April, um, I've been looking, it's, it's been difficult. I apply online and it's just so inhumane how people apply online because all we do is we sit on the computer, we Google jobs, we go on Indeed and we apply online and we just. That's it. We apply online, we finish the application and either three days, a week later, we get some kind of automated email from a robot saying that the employer either has found somebody else or it's totally as a template. You know, this is not something it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't sent by a human person and I can't talk to anybody. I don't know. And even, and even if I got lucky enough to have an interview and I believe that I did the interview that was, everything went well. Um, I still don't get any feedback. No, And I it, and I still get automated, like automated email sent to me saying that they appreciate the time I took to interview with them, um, but they found somebody else, but I can't call, I can't get feedback. I want to know how I did so I can be better on the next interview, but everything is so automated. It takes the human experience out of basically applying for a job. is so frustrating.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, thanks for sharing. And it's also interesting because um, in the article it also talks about how uh, you, as an example, of course, how yeah, the Asian American community has been hit really badly by this pandemic here in the U.S. How yeah, so back in so. Be, Prior to this pandemic, the unemployment rate of Asian Americans was pretty low, but it was at 2.8%. That was a year ago. And then in August, it actually soared up to 10.7%, which is well above the rate of unemployment compared to white Americans and also above the rate of unemployment for Latino Americans as well. So it's pretty concerning seeing how big of a gap there has been now in the span of just one year alone so yeah thank you again for sharing that story and yeah hopefully hopefully you can find another job pretty soon and hopefully after this pandemic is over you can have face-to-face interactions with people instead of just uh with robots and with through email yeah and so you shared A big part of this interview was you sharing with us about voting for Biden and about Thai Americans for Biden and also some of the issues that face our community and also how Biden hopes to address those issues. So I think you've done a, at least for me, uh, I genuinely feel pretty inspired and motivated to, yeah, speak out and kind of like, and vote for him. So can you maybe speak on how do, how can people across the U.S., if they do want to Kind of like get involved with Thai Americans for Biden if they do want to kind of encourage their friends to vote for Biden how might they get involved?
1: Well I would say they can basically look us up on social media platforms um, we we have a Facebook page a Twitter account an Instagram account we are looking for other Thai Americans who all who can vote and who are supporters of Joe Biden. We want to try to find them, uh, not just in California, but in swing states like Texas, Georgia, Virginia, Ohio, Wisconsin, Colorado. And we want to build a um, a community of Thai Americans for Joe Biden, because I think Joe Biden is the best candidate mm-hmm. um, for Thai Americans and uh, for Asian Americans in general. Um, so they can message uh, us, uh, message our page. Just what are
0: your social media handles?
1: Our social media handle, uh, well, for Thai Americans, uh, for for Twitter, it's going to be uh, Thai T H A I A M F O R. B-I-D-E-N. So Thai A M F O R B I D E M basically. Uh, that's Twitter. And for uh, Facebook, basically it's I believe it's Thai uh, Americans for Biden Harris. So it's it's T H A I A M. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's T H A I A. It's Thai Americans for Biden. Actually, it's Thai Americans for Biden on Facebook. And for Instagram, I believe it's Thai A M for Biden. So the same as Trudeau.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. So are there any are there any other questions that I didn't have an opportunity to to ask that maybe you wish that I had asked about you about. Uh, Thai Americans for Biden about your narrative.
1: Well, um, I would say that um, as an immigrant to this country, I, when I came to this country when I was eight years old, I didn't, I did not know what the American dream was, and considering. What, solved, what, my, what I saw, what my what I see my mother went through, uh, trying to make a living here. I think that the American dream needs to be more than a dream. It needs to be reality. It, it needs. Mm. You know, we need to make it easier for people to achieve uh, this the, the economic mobility. Because in in the end, what the American dream is actually is is this idea of economic and social mobility, that if you do work hard, regardless of your mistakes, no matter what you have done, you learn from your mistakes and you can work hard, hard at it again and build yourself up and, you know, get into a better economic situation. But right now, that's very difficult because I think considering how the system is, it's stacked against marginalized communities and we, did, we need to fix that by... First of all, the most important thing we can do to fix it is by dismantling white supremacy.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I know that I've said, like, after every time you've spoke, I've just said that, like, yeah, I totally vibe with what you're saying. Yeah, I really appreciate the way that you phrased that. The American dream needs to be more than a dream. That's so true. Yeah, rather than just dreaming um, and individually working really hard, because I think as uh, immigrants and children of immigrants, we kind of see the hard work that our parents go through, or even us ourselves have gone through. And uh, sometimes we don't necessarily achieve this American dream, right? And so what you're saying of, yeah, it needs to be more than a dream. It means that it's more than just us individually working hard, but it's us coming together to change the system of, like you said, white supremacy. And yeah, and I guess part of that starts off with us voting. And for this election specifically, I guess it starts off with voting for uh, Biden as well.
1: Yes. Biden is the man that can help our community. And I would encourage everybody to donate, to support him, and to vote for him.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for being on this show.
1: Um, Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for listening to More Than a Noodle. A Thai Diaspora Podcast. I understand that some of the audience might not be from the US, but the presidential elections are pretty important here, so we wanted to give a space for our Thai American community organizers to share a little bit about why they believe civic engagement matters and why voting matters. I myself also believe that voting matters a lot too, so if you haven't had a chance to register to vote... uh, I strongly encourage you to do so. Similar to how I met Jerry through Matt who had reached out to me on Instagram, I strongly encourage anyone else if you want to be on my show or you know someone who you think has a cool story and is Thai American or part of the Thai diaspora, I would love to be connected. Please just shoot me a DM at more than a noodle on Instagram and we can work out the details from there. Again, thank you to Jerry for being on this show. Thank you to Ben Sound for the music, and also to Chloe Chang for creating the artwork for this podcast. See you guys in two weeks when we sit down and talk to Matt about his experience growing up a few decades ago in the U.S. as Lukrung, and now, and talking about how Yeah, the Thai American community has changed a little bit since then. Bye.